So you used to be a, a graphic designer, didn't you? You've claimed that a few times. <laughs> what do you mean claimed? <laughs> I, mean, I mean claimed. You Belittling mean. <laughs> my previous efforts. The bus, it's got your drawings on it, doesn't it? <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah, there were, there, was, there were many buses that had my stuff on them. Mm. And, po- and train stations and posters and bottles of beer. All sorts. So um, I, I wonder if... Uh, so at work lately, I've been having to... I'm doing like a, a website, essentially, uh, like an internal website. And I've been kind of left to the design of it, I suppose. And in a previous episode, we were talking about um, like uh, how we use Bootstrap and frameworks and stuff. And that kind of does some of the nice stylings for you. And I use a thing called Bulma, and that does stuff. But I don't know if I'm kind of just winging it in terms of how the website should look. And I was wondering if you knew, like, had any tips for, or do you ever have to uh, do design in your job? Or is that a thing that you as a programmer do, or are you always given designs? So as a UI developer specifically, so the kind of thing I do write at the moment, and that is the vast majority of what I do day to day, I am kind of, I sit in a, a fairly cross-discipline role and I'm responsible for designing the UI. Um, mm-hmm. But that is that has massive caveats with it before I start going around calling myself a designer because what I'm doing is I'm working within a fairly established, like, well, a, a well-established brand for a start that has yep. official brand guidelines and has ways of doing things and has logos and, and set, there's a lot of precedent even within the application for where things have gone before. Um, mm-hmm. I've, um, we've done a few, while I've been here, we've done a few redesigns and rebrands of, of various aspects of the business. Um, one of which was, uh, the public facing sort of brochure WordPress website for which a proper design agency was hired and who did some great work. And in fact, coded the, essentially the front end of the website entirely and gave it to us, oh. um, as a, as a package deal. Um, not, not so a package the deal. designers coded it. No, I think, no, there was a designer and then there was a a programmer to implement. The designs were signed off as part of the process. Then Mm -hmm. another developer made the flat HTML and CSS templates with the tiny smattering of interactive JavaScript. And then that was given to, that was the deliverable to us to turn into a WordPress thing, essentially, which is fairly Mm -hmm. unstandard because, I mean, my, my previous... Like when I was working in agencies, I would be doing that role. So we would work, we had designers in-house. The designers would do the designing. They would give me the designs. I would build the designs front end and I want to say back end. It's not really back end, but like <laughs> the back of the front, the stuff that you need to plug it in to turn it into a working theme or a standalone website or a Gatsby build or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. It's not really answered your question is that are there... Uh, tips kind of explain, <laughs> explains puts my role into context a little bit um i think you can't beat working with an expert designer i've worked with some great designers in the past and they bring if you're solely focused on one discipline you get really good at it generally speaking and people who are just good at designing i know talking specifically here about people who are just good at designing websites i mean they might not even they might not be good at doing movie posters or illustrating a book um but their websites are the business and those are the people i like working with best people who know the web and how the web works to a the level of 
like what the interaction patterns are and various things. Um, but who, yeah, they don't code themselves. They just pre present you with designs and then you can work with that. Um, what you want ideally is a little bit of, you want that boundary to be blurry between like the hard signed off to design and uh, the actual building of it. You want there to be some overlap. You don't want it to be a, a kind of a hard handover where the designer gives you some Photoshop documents and you never see them again. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is very useful to work with uh, expert designers, but you like you are in now, there are many, many scenarios that I think developers come across in the process of being a developer and doing development as a job where design is like the elephant in the room. It's a thing that kind of needs to be done, but there is no one with that domain expertise to hand. That's happened quite a few times. I've been there or there are very limited, there's limited access to that kind of resource. And uh, I referred to human beings as resources. Then that was terrible. <laughs> um, you have limited access to people <laughs> with those, people with that, um, those specific talents. Um, there are often uh, particularly tech focused stuff people who are designer designery uh, in demand all over the place yeah it's so you have you have to it's a it's a problem that has to be tackled that you're not alone in your your scenario yeah so that's that's interesting that that's something you've come across before in that i kind of always assumed that you'd kind of just either you were paid to make a website and you had to look at made decide how it looked or you were kind of got given a design and then you just had to turn that into code essentially so so one half of my project we have had to do that and i found that a lot easier actually than the uh the design side of it because they've said well, this is exactly how we want to look you go and make you go and do that with html and css and i was like oh great so i got something to work with i know what i'm aiming for what were the deliverables on that what did they give you to work with uh like a mock-up of a report and how yeah, it should uh, look but was that in was that a photoshop document was that oh, a, like a, was PDF, it? a pdf file um, which I guess they've done in Photoshop or mm -hmm. similar named brands here. Um, yeah, so it was just a picture, essentially. I couldn't touch it or do anything with it, but mm -hmm. I could like, get the colours out of it, etc. Um, and then just worked from that and built built the report from that. Whereas the, the bit where you kind of set up the report, um, I, I essentially designed it. Designed is a loose word. I uh, created it myself from scratch. Um, and kind of just winged it, really, I guess. I just kind of thought about some websites I'd seen in the past and thought, oh, that looked okay. But then I couldn't actually get mine to look anything like the what I had in my mind. <laughs> Maybe I should have drawn it first, but I don't think that would have helped, to be honest, because I, I don't really know. I don't know what makes a good design or what makes something look good on a website. And I guess, like you say, that's that's the, the realm of the designers. Uh, but I was just wondering if there's a, some way developers or should should developers even know how to to design or should it just be a case of we're given the we're given the picture and then we just have to work with that well i'm gonna do your classic trick of, of answering the question pretty early in the episode <laughs> and saying in fact <laughs> yes developers should be aware of design they should have they don't need to be good at it they don't need to understand the nuances and the particulars but i think every developer who's doing particularly front-end stuff i think maybe back-end it's less of a concern but there's always a point at which like design becomes important. Um, it's always beneficial for people to have an awareness of, if not the aesthetic side of things, then certainly the what they call the UX, the user experience, which is like the interaction design. 
I, yeah, because there's not there's not there's nothing wrong with a, a a bare HTML page with raw HTML elements in, even if it's a really complicated form. If there's thought into how the flow of the page is going to go, and that is all, like a, I suppose it gets it breaks up into like information architecture and con, and like copy like the micro copy around forms and inputs and stuff. That's really important, and that's like is that design? Is that copy? Is that marketing? Is that what, what's going on there? It, it gets very fragmented very quickly and i don't think there's any benefit for people sort of existing in their own little silos i don't i don't i've never seen a team where it's broken up into this is the person that does the visual design this is the person that does the ux design this is the person that does the microcopy this is the person that does the branding and the, like, have people who are experts in all of those even have teams that are dedicated to those sections but don't lock them down like make sure mm. the boundaries to that are blurry because to use silly words the whole the um like the gestalt of a project is far more important than the little specifics so it becomes like design is the entire thing design is all sides of of this weird little shape that we're making yeah yeah that's that's an interesting point being being able to do a bit of it and not not that nah, not have that as a blocker i suppose like when you're trying to do something don't be like oh I've, I've not got the designer right here to answer this question but still be able to do something to get the project moving or to mm. get whatever you're working on moving and i guess for people learning and building their own websites like you're going to have to do all of that aren't you you're not going to be able to just call up a designer and be like right i need a design for my my little my little website because i'm trying to create a portfolio like generally you're going to have to do those things yourself so I guess in a way you're also showing off your design skills when you do your portfolio. And if it looks really bad, then that's, that's going to be a, uh, an issue probably when people look at your website, even though it might be perfectly fine in terms of the, the code. Um, I think a lot of people do make decisions based on how things look, even though, even though perhaps they shouldn't. Yeah, it's a fact of the world. Human and it's, nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'd say it's, you could almost class it as a, like a sneaky life hack for people who are looking to get work as developers. If they're not, if the stuff that they do isn't visual, like if you are a database expert, if you are fantastic at site reliability engineering or, or configuring Kubernetes and Helm clusters and stuff like that, um, I'm saying words. I don't necessarily know what they mean. Um, <laughs> but, I've, I've like, dealt with Helm charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if, if, if like having a well-designed portfolio, it doesn't mean that it's full of fantastic illustrations and rainbows and unicorns and, and everything's animated and it looks like a, a scene from a Pixar movie. It like just well-considered type choices, like typography as opposed to design of it like the layout of a page like is there an is there a hierarchy is there an order to what you're putting together it's sub it's subconscious you 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 probably can't quantify the benefit that it has but it's definitely there people people are going to be looking at the stuff that you do and going to be judging you based on it and probably to that extent don't fill your cv with loads of illustrations and a fancy headshot if you are going for a devops role because you'll probably be judged by the same token, you'll be judged for it because someone's looking for something that's serious <laughs> and, and technically astute. But if very subtly the weights of the fonts have been very well thought through and the line length has been considered and you don't have orphans and widows in your paragraphs and it's very clear what the different like how your bullets are structured and how you kind of mark up the the kind of the complex information architecture that is your job history, all that kind of stuff. 
becomes like no one's no one's going to call you out on it if it's really good and subtle. But yep. it does is another thing that helps paint the picture that this is a competent professional person who is very good at what they do. Mm. And that's the reason people have nice business cards and get things like that designed by designers because they want to make a good impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And so, even there, some of the words you said didn't understand. Uh, something about widows. What have they got to do with it? Oh, orphans and widows. Like when you're writing a, a paragraph of text and you have like a single word will break onto a new line, or a single line or a word will run over into the next page from a paragraph and like be be kind of separated from its be orphaned from its parent paragraph and you have to i mean you can get really nerdy and start thinking about things like rivers as well which are where you accidentally just the way that um words are laid out on the page or like accidentally just by pure, pure chance leaves what looks like a big gap through the middle of a paragraph like a crack because it just happens <laughs> that word gaps line up uh, to make like lines like that i think stuff like that probably isn't necessary just like that's not gonna that's not going to get you the 80%, is it? Oh, no, <laughs> no. The, the, the ROI the 20% of stuff effort. is very narrow. Yeah. <laughs> I never think about um, rivers particularly <laughs> because in a responsive in the web, in the world that we live in, like, yeah, you'd, you'd drive yourself to an early grave trying to fight that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound quite crazy. <laughs> but if you're doing a printed, if it's a resume, it's something that's easy to fix. You just put an extra word in somewhere and, and switch things along. But being aware that the look of the thing is important, but also the it's the design isn't just the look of the thing; it's how it feels, how it is used, and is useful. Yeah, and so I, I'm sure I heard, listened to a podcast once where they were talking. There was a designer talking about spacing being really important, and just change like an extra few pixels here and there can actually make like a massive difference in the way you like, like you were saying subconsciously assess a website. <laughs> yeah, it really does massively impacts. Um, in ways that are you need instinct and experience to see, or or a raw talent, which I've never had, but some people do. But there's there are a lot like, to get back to the the point in hand. There are lots of little things that are not that don't require inspiration and a lifetime of study to be useful if you're a developer. Um, I mean, you look at something like um, the human interface guidelines that Apple used to publish the Hig. Um, there are lots of rule, like developers like rules we like structure we like order there are lots of little essentially rules about design that you can take into your um, the projects that you're working on like look at the idea of touch uh, tap targets think of like oh this is something I'm building for the web so it's probably going to be looked at on mobile devices also so it's going to have to we're going to have to contend with touch interfaces here and also in fact there are I'm thinking from an Apple perspective but there are touch devices that regular web browsers take into account. So there's, like, once you start deciding that you're going to support touch, suddenly you've got some rules to work with. Like, oh, nothing can be smaller than 40 pixels because that's the minimum tap target uh, that a finger is capable of, of, sort of, the average finger is capable of going to. Uh, and yeah. you think about the rules around line length, like 75 characters, give or take 10 characters is generally a good length for a line of text to be, to be readable. Um, so you then, you you can use your font size. Um, you basically don't make things too small as well. But once you've got your basic setup, you can use the font size that you've got to determine, like, oh, how wide should this be? You work out what work yeah. out what seventy five characters is and go, oh, well, that looks about right. That's you can eyeball it to a certain extent. But if you if your lines are one hundred and twenty characters long, you probably 
that's too long. If they're 50, it's probably too short. If it's a for a paragraph, if it's uh, you think about the differences between body copy and title copy, and like, you can get away with tighter leading and, and bigger, like more dramatic font sizes on on headings and things. There are a lot of I'm not going to go into all of them now because most of them like you need to visually describe them to to get the benefit. But there's a yeah. lot of you can get a lot of the way, particularly if you're doing UI work and you're doing like a website. So many of the established patterns have been like, documented enough. There's only so many ways to do a basic website. And if you're in the position of a developer having to make these design decisions, chances are it's not the kind of project that needs a fancy all singing, all dancing, like massive design approach. You can probably get away with first principles, make it usable, make it not ugly, and then mm. maybe maybe inject some of the brand your existing brand into it those are generally the considerations yeah i think that make it not ugly might be quite tricky for some people because like how do you know maybe you do you follow these guidelines but i was just looking at these the human interface guidelines they're still there uh by apple there's a lot of lot of stuff here like there is you'd have to spend quite a lot of time to to figure out exactly how it should look i really like the uh three dots on like a button means that it's going to open something else. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things like that, but it's and they're, those are very. You've got to be careful where you get your rules from as well, because those are very specific to kind of app design and things that are going to exist in an Apple ecosystem. Um, Google's material design framework is probably completely different to that. Um, not no, definitely not an expert on that. But um, one thing I would I, we've talked about it before in a previous episode. I think it was about CSS, wasn't it? Um, but the refactoring UI book by Adam Wathen and Steve Shoger. Um, I can't recommend it enough. I think if you're getting started in design, look at their Twitter feeds. Um, I'll try and find it for the show notes. I can't find it. I haven't been able to find it in preparation, but I will find it later. There's an epic thread. Like This book came out of just a good thread that they had on Twitter <laughs> with just simple like hacks of do's and don'ts for the UI design. And they'd have two screenshots side by side of um, things that were good and things that were bad um, and ways to improve it. So if you go to refactoringui.com slash book now. I'm going to make your ideas look awesome without relying on a designer. Yeah, That's see, we here need. we go. Scroll down to there's a bit where there's uh, two lists side by side with a cross and a tick next to them. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, like the thread is basically that condensed. I mean, there's, the, the book is this ex expanded as well, but it's, Here's, here's an example of design you might do if you were just following. Like, often it looks kind of bootstrappy. Um, it's like you've put this together without any thought at all. And then on the next one, there's just the one next to it has just a few subtle tweaks just to make things seem brighter, more cohesive, and quote unquote better designed. And the nature of the field is that all of these things are subjective. You could. They've posted a lot of things where I've said, oh, well, no, I wouldn't do that in every scenario. But yeah. if you're looking for a baseline to start from, if you have no idea about what good design is and you just want your app to work and be effective, it's a fantastic place to start. Mm -hmm. it, and they cover, and because it's focused around UI, they cover so many of the kind of standard things that crop up in apps these days. So like searchable lists, for, for instance. I would also like the, the kind of card UI where you have like a grid of cards on the screen and each one is maybe a product or a listing in a directory or something. And they each have metadata, the way to handle things like that and how to brighten up these 
Brighton is perhaps a subjective term, but how to make these things look better and feel more approachable. This looks like the exact sort of thing <laughs> I've been looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be, it, this, this is a massive, they're not promoting us. They don't know us from Adam. They're very, they're famous and successful um, and they appear on podcasts <laughs> of their own. Um, but I've got a lot of value from this product and I've, yeah, I bought the book, love it, followed their Twitter feeds. Uh, they've got um, a YouTube channel as well, uh, which is amazing. Uh, there's only a mm. few videos on there. Well, there were last time I looked at it, which was maybe a year ago. Um, but they take, people have submitted their app their basic app designs, like functioning apps or, or uh, PSDs, um, they've sent them to them and these guys have redesigned them live on, well, not live, but they've made a presentation out of it of like how yeah. to tweak them. And there's so many good tips in there. Yeah, they, they haven't done any more videos since you last looked. <laughs> <laughs> there's, but, there's six. <laughs> those are worth, if you're, if you're in the scenario where you've got to kind of put some kind of basic design structure together and you don't know where to start and you're feeling overwhelmed by it and you don't feel like you're an expert it's a great place to get some inspiration mm. yeah that looks really good and because it's specific yeah it's specifics of ui design as well so it's a lot of it is instantly applicable to a lot of projects that we're likely to be working on yeah that's um that's a really good place for people to go i think as well i'm gonna i, I think i will just get that book <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get the two free chapters first then <laughs> What, so what I will say is that if you're just starting out and you're learning, this is, it's an expensive resource. It's not the book isn't free, but the YouTube channel, like the the was it six videos they've got, yeah, they're free. You get a lot of value from them. Look them up on Twitter. Find the epic, like hundred tweet long, whatever thread of. You won't need to because it will be in the show notes by the time. <laughs> you ask too much of me sometimes. I don't know that I'll be able to find it. No, I'm asking people to find it. I should be able to. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of, you can get like a decent percentage of the value from that if you're really stuck and you're casting around for ideas. Um, yeah, the Twitter thread and the YouTube channel alone are massively useful. I recommend the book because it's great. So I guess that's, <laughs> we we can talk all day, but I think that's probably the best place to go and look is this uh, Twitter thread that kind of gives some small examples. It's those... God, we're all looking for the quick, lazy hacks, really, aren't we, essentially? <laughs> well, that's what I'm looking for, um, just to make things look immediate. Well, I say immediately, but with a little bit of work, just to make them look a bit better than they currently do. Yeah. I feel a bit nervous about just recommending people go to one place. This is one of those fields where it it's massively important to consume design and be aware of good things when they're around you. And there are so many books and there are so many experts and there are so many examples of good work out there that it's more a question of just keeping your eyes open when you're going through the world. <laughs> if you're, on the, if you're <laughs> on the web, you're using apps, look at what you like, think about why you like what you like. Yeah, I find that very useful is looking at other websites, like I said earlier, that I thought looked good myself and then just kind of trying to steal some things from them. Um, I found that very useful as well. So, mm. yeah, so I guess it's a mixture. And I guess part of the design is that you want it to be kind of your thing as well, don't you? You don't want it just to be exactly the same as someone else's. You want to kind of give it your own look, which is why I know you moaned about it, like people using Bootstrap. It does get the job done if you need to, but it's also nice sometimes to give it your own little twist. Um, just because I, I personally, I quite enjoy doing that, but it also gives it that a little bit of uh, personality. Uh, that it may not otherwise have. And I think that's massively important, but I don't think it's always practical and possible. Yeah. 
I think yeah. so. The, the advice I've been giving here and that we're pointing people towards is for those scenarios where you just need to get something done and it needs to not like we're not saying make it beautiful. We're saying don't make it ugly. <laughs> Make it <laughs> yeah um which is a different set of objectives i think uh, yeah design is massively important and is often massively undervalued particularly in tech spheres i've found um you sometimes have to fight tooth and nail to get a decent design process through um, <laughs> and good like designers who know the web or the, the medium that they're working for be it apps or or whatever um designers who know the medium they're working for are really hard to find and when you find them, it's just, it's like gold dust. It's a magic source that just makes everything else better in your team. Definitely don't want to undervalue the power of originality and inspiration and the kind of the stuff that a good designer is going to come up with that breaks all the rules <laughs> and that no one's ever going to have thought of. That's massively yeah. important. I think that's really valuable and should be on every project. Sometimes it can't. Sometimes you do, as a developer, you're given like, oh, you yeah, we've made this endpoint, but we need a docs site. We need a front end for this. Uh, we're not going to pay for a designer to, to work on it. We don't, have to, we don't have any designers free at the moment. They're all busy working on, working for the marketing team. You've got to make this. Like, it's for other developers. No one cares. you just got to put it up there. I'll tell you what, the people using it care, and you should care if yeah. you're building it. But yeah. you, don't need to, you don't need to be an inspired genius to get it done. You can follow simple rules and be considered about what you do and get a really good result. Yeah, that's, that's some really good advice. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot for listening to this week's episode of a question of code make sure you check us out on twitter at aqo code and you can follow us online at aqoc.dev or questionofcode.com where you can find all the information about how to get in touch with us and suggest topics for future episodes and maybe even guests as well if there's voices you want to hear here tell us we'll get in touch and we'll do our best to get them on the show and don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about the show as well we want to try and help as many developers as possible Thanks a lot and hopefully see you next time. Bye. Bye.